Blog Talk Radio. Did you know that elders and others are losing their rights to liberty and property? Anyone can petition a court to have a person deemed incapacitated. What if that person is you? The adult guardianship system was created to protect incompetent people and their assets. A court-appointed guardian, sometimes a total stranger, can force you into a nursing home and sell your home to pay for services. Treasured belongings can disappear as you are drugged and isolated from loved ones. Why does this happen? Unfortunately, the courts don't have the funding to supervise and audit cases. A guardian makes all decisions on your behalf, taking control of your assets with little accountability. The potential for abuse is frightening. Luckily, not all guardians exploit those under their care, but when they do, there's really nowhere to go for help. The National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse, NASGA, is working to reform adult guardianship to return it to its once noble purpose of protecting the human rights to life, liberty, and property and ending financial exploitation of assets. Are you or your loved ones protected? To learn more, visit StopGuardianAbuse.org. Well, end it all and just get rid of probate court. Abolish it. That's what I would do. Solve the whole problem. That's a great idea. Oh, here we are again. Yes. Uh, it is, I have to look, December 10th, I have to make sure what day I'm on, uh, <laughs> 2021, and here we are still fighting the same battle we've been fighting for more than 10 years. Uh, this just seems to get worse by the day, and there's been so much exposure, so many individuals and families coming forward with these tales, these horror stories of about being sucked in by probate and yet nothing changes. We keep seeing one bill after another coming out that does nothing to impede any of this. What it does do, <laughs> what it does do is just strengthen the opposition. And But there is no citing of crime, no penalty for crime. Who would enforce those penalties? Nothing. There's absolutely nothing. And so quit applauding these senators who put these bills out and talk about, I'm here to defend the elderly. Yeah, well, when you stand up and do that, I'll be the first one to cheer you. Anyway, there's a lot going on, and I mean a lot going on. Oh We're coming up on God. the end of the year, yeah, and we are just getting pounded uh, with people coming forward, people who want to tell their story. And it's not that we don't want to hear these stories. We do. We want to give you airtime. But what we're going to be focused on this next year is resolution. We need resolution. We need this system to be completely deconstructed and done away with. These cases on guardianship need to be put back into the state civil courts. And if someone is incompetent, then you bring the proof and not somebody who's attached to that tribunal who gets paid to deliver whatever diagnosis they're requiring at the time. We have got to get rid of this system. Uh, you can't fix it. It was never meant to be fixed. And guardianship was sold to the public as if it had a noble purpose, but it does not. It never has. It has always historically been a system of targeting individuals who had property and claiming you were protecting them and then stealing every damn thing they had. And that's what it's about. And the person subject to this is usually neglected, abused, psychologically tortured, um, isolated, starved, neglected. And we see this every day in this system. We can't continue to allow this to go on. We've got to stand up and demand that it be stopped, that these tribunals be shut down. And I want to reiterate something I've said many times. 
These people who sit up there and call themselves probate judges are not judges. That has a specific meaning. Judges deal with the law. In these tribunals, they are dealing with statute and code. And they are hearing examiners or ministerial clerks, and they are contracted to the state. And sometimes to various agencies. They are contract agents. And they don't deal with law. That's why they will stand there and tell you, um, because you're in a tribunal, you have no defense. You cannot use the Constitution. You have no rights. The law is what they say it is. In other words, the statute is whatever they interpreted it to mean at the time. So quit calling these people judge. Secondly, find out if they're bonded. If they're a judge, they're bonded. But these people aren't. And they may have a certain bond that they carry, a surety bond. Okay, if they violate your rights, if they abuse you in court, then go after them and put a lien on their bond. And you first have to go, like, to the state and file a complaint, and you know that's going to go nowhere. But you have to do that first, then go after their bond. And if you ask them who their bond is with, they are required to tell you. That doesn't mean they will, but they're required to. If they have a bond and you ask to see it, they must produce it. And many judges today don't even have a bond. They shouldn't be sitting on the bench. Well, most of them shouldn't be sitting on the bench anyway. But, <laughs> right? You know, it just, they, they don't call it the black robe mafia for nothing. Completely monopolized these, the judicials system, the Bar Association have completely monopolized the whole thing. And why the Fed hasn't stepped in to break that monopoly up. I want to know. We broke up AT&T and a couple other big corporations. And by the way, every judge, state or federal, is an incorporated entity. Got it? They are working for profit. So keep that in mind, too. And this is aside from their paycheck. I still say that article we put up here a while back um, by a guest writer on the PPJ where he said the the fastest and easiest way to clear out uh you know, bad judges, is make every one of them take a lie detector test at the beginning of the year and ask them questions. Have you taken a bribe? Did you have a preconceived judgment on this case? You know, were you working with people behind the scenes to, to, you know, get a certain result? I think that's an excellent idea. Of course, we'd end up with no judges pretty much, which might not be a bad thing either. But like I say, there's a lot, a lot going on. Um, oh my God, oh. Marty! It's Go been. Ahead. I just want everyone to know I've been helping Marty with doing like scheduling of the guests and things, and we have rotated through so many guests today because everyone's getting threatened with jail time. Oh my yes. gosh! So oh, it is. Wow. This is this is crazy. It's just been. The show was going to be this, then it was this. Then we, we thought we were overbooked. Then we, oh, my gosh, then we have they keep, you know, oh, hey, I can't do this. I'm going to jail. This is so, this is so insane, Marty. It's just so insane what's going on. But did I, you notice that? Several states. Did this you is not just one state. Did you notice the number of cases that are going in for hearings are all on the on December fifteenth. Mm-hmm. And there's there, that article. There is, yeah. How about that article about that, that guy who's been in jail? Yeah. 
okay, sitting tell in jail story, for Marty. eight years. Well, he was a treasure mm-hmm. hunter, and he found a, a little hoard of valuable coins, gold coins, and somebody else, of course, wanted it. And he said no, so they put him in jail. No charges. No charges. He isn't charged with anything, mm-hmm. but contempt. He's been sitting yep. there for eight years, and he was sentenced on December 17th, eight years ago. And we're seeing this date repeated over and over and over again in these cases of people being threatened, being extorted by the, these probate actors, and they all come to fruition on December 15th. There, on What December is 15th. going on? Yeah. Yeah, what is going oh, on? Yeah. Uh, it sounds like a quota is being met. There's something mm-hmm. there, and I'm, we're going to dig into it and find out what it is. But there's far too many of them for this just to be coincidental or incidental. Um, it's not this just is a plan. this country, Marty. It's not yeah. just in the United States. I haven't even told you this. So I, I like to do the research. So I started Googling um, contempt of court December 15th corruption. And I started getting hits, not just in the United States, but in other countries. So the listeners, you can Google this yourself. Google, Google those words, and you're going to wow. get the hits, not just in the United States. You're going to see it in other countries. And I, I, I mean, yeah, there's something going on. In some countries, it looks like you have, if you are going to do contempt charges, you have to start all over like the new fiscal year. So they've got to, you know, hit, get it in on this, you know, this fiscal year because it was done in this year. And so then when the new year comes, they have to have new charges. I'm seeing some of that. I, and there's, there definitely is a reason why this is happening. The quotas, mm-hmm. the, yeah, it's very interesting that it's all of them are December 15th and the gold digger was December 15th or the gold treasure guy was yeah. December 15th. Yeah. There, and I know Elaine Mickman was talking about a guy in Montgomery County that was last week. Wasn't that last week she was on? And she was talking about a guy who was in contempt and still sitting in jail. I wonder if he was December 15th also. I mean, it's yeah, a new we'll loophole. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, there, it's there, a new loophole. There's, you can't, they don't charge you. You don't get a jury of your peers. I mean, this is, this is a new loophole for them. And it's, Yes. It's being used on several people who have come on the show. So, Marty, yes. we have made we have made some enemies, I guess. We've seen the documents. Oh, no. They don't they <laughs> don't like them coming on our show, and they get charged with contempt of court. And the, the the pathetic thing is, is these are people who just want to see their mom. They just want to see their mom. Yeah, that's it. And the taxpayers yeah. are oh, going to pay to throw them. I mean, this is like crazy. Montgomery County, go deal with the, the Grace Packers of the world. How many how many people are going to get murdered under Child Protective Services, but you're worried about someone wants yeah. to see their mom? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, it's I didn't tell you this, Montgomery County. There's a, a pastor. A pa- I know. They, my phone, I like, I'm still at the bakery because I didn't get my work done. I'm still here baking. Um, my phone's been just ringing off. There's a pastor in Montgomery County. We're not going to say the church. But they reached out to us, and so now we actually have a congregation that is uh, very concerned about what they're hearing is going on there. So uh, stay tuned for that, because we haven't actually yeah, had really. any kind of pastor want to get involved yet. So very no. exciting. Well, it, it is exciting, but go back to this thing about possible quotas. 
The reason I say that, and that comes to mind immediately in this date being repeated over and over, for these agencies to get their funding for the next year, they have to report X number of people coming through their agency. So apparently 15 is the scoop them up date uh, so that they can get their funding. Yeah. And see, if they don't meet their quota, then their funding gets cut. And, you know, we right. can't have that happen. So, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was we to Go ahead. Oh, I was in Angela, Title, go ahead. Title One. I was in Title One, and that's how it was with that too. You know, with those, that yeah. federal money, you yep. and, and then and then they end up you end up you know using that for things that are not really relevant. So, right. yes, and that's what's happening. Yeah. I do believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Somebody's got something playing money. in the background there that we're picking up. Can you shut it down, whatever it is? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, there's there's something that's happening there uh, that this, this mm-hmm. date is extremely important. Like I say, I think it's the end of the quota reporting period, you know, where it's close to it. Yeah. And uh, so that they get their funding. Uh, it, it's all for money. This is the worst part. And I keep, I'll repeat it till people get it through their head. They have commodified us. They are buying, selling, and trading us. Not just mom and dad and grandma and grandpa, but the kids too. Um, it's it just, and as I understand, DHS, Department of Homeland Security, is now getting into the kidnap the kids stuff. Uh, we don't know for sure how they got involved or why they got involved, but they are becoming involved. So keep your heads up on that one. We'll be reporting on that here in the next couple of weeks. I want to let everybody know next Friday, the 17th, will be our last show for the year. We'll be taking our Christmas break, and we'll be back in January. And when we come back in January, the lineup might change just a little bit, and then we are going to have um, uh New people joining us, targeted individuals. These people come with so much documentation and patents and this, that, and something. Hearings in front of the Senate. People who are being hit with what are called directed energy weapons. And 5G is very instrumental in that. So we'll be doing those shows. I'm not sure which night or how regularly. We'll be on at least once a month with them, if not more. So look forward to that. But we got a lot of things coming up this next year. Like I say, the shows, we're going to be focusing more on resolution. And it's not that we don't think your stories are important. But we've heard them. It's the same story many times. And I don't mean to marginalize this at all. But we've heard the stories. We need to get on to resolution. What can we do to stop this? And so that's something for everybody to think of. If you have any suggestions about what we could do, send it to TSRAD, that's like Twisted Sister Rad, TSRAD1 at Outlook.com. And um, I put that address at the bottom of the promo also. So we're at a quarter after hour, and I believe it's time for the hug report. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Today's hog report is brought to you by shenanigans in the Montgomery County Facebook page. Everyone should go and check out the shenanigans Facebook page. It's Mr. Shenanigans and he's running it and he's been running that page for many, many years now. Made a lot of enemies. 
it's a great place for networking. If you are experiencing corruption in the Montgomery County, um, in the Montgomery County Courthouse, it's a great place to meet people. That's where I've met a lot of the people. They have, I understand Mr. Shenanigans has documents of about 200 victims there in Montgomery County. And there's many videos that you can watch that are complete with the court documents to see what the shenanigans are up to there. And I love the little logo. It's let the cockroaches scramble and then all the cockroaches have different names based on the, you know, the the players, we'll call them the racketeering players. So they're all up there. Go and enjoy that Facebook page. It, you, it's pretty maddening. If you've been listening to these shows, you're going to be like, yep, yep, yep. And here we go. Same, you know, same old stories that we keep on hearing, but a lot of documents, a lot of fun YouTube videos. So thank you, Sananigans, for, for for sponsoring the hog report. So today's hog is the martyr hog. The martyr hog is like, they're the victim. They're the martyr. Oh my gosh. Oh, Woe is me. Yes. The martyr hog. Oh, they, they, it's like a form of gaslighting. They will take the situation, twist it that they have been maligned and Assaulted and oh, it's just it's just been a terrible thing for them, and they want you to feel bad and guilty. <laughs> I know, I know. It's just you know the um, it's just the the martyred the martyred hog. And with this holiday season, if you don't mind, my my timers are going off here right now, as I'm baking away. So the in the um the this, during this holiday season the. Martyr Hog is going to be all ready to guilt trip you and to make you feel bad about anything that you are possibly doing. So be on guard and be aware that that is coming. If you don't get the right gift, if you don't eat the right food, if you don't invite the right people to the events and, you know, everything else, the Martyr Hog is there to make you feel bad. You're going to make you feel bad right. about yourself, even though you really aren't the one that should be feeling bad, but it's, it's because it's their, just their sickness in their head. They just enjoy doing this and they're very weird and creepy and they're just <laughs> know that they're out there. There's really a reason you probably didn't invite them to your family gathering, but they're going to make you feel bad about it anyway. So Marty, anything wow. to add about the martyr, the martyr hog? No, it, it, it's such a sad story. I, uh, it, it just makes me want to cry how they're abused, you know, after chewing everybody else up and insulting them and mm-hmm. making vile remarks and claiming things happened yeah. that didn't and conversations took place that never happened. Um, you know, you just got to feel, yeah. you got to feel sorry for them. Okay, that's you know not, anyway. These little chocolates, they... They even, these little hoglets, Marty, they even say that you and me are mean. And we're like the sweetest people. We're mean? Yeah, I'm the hoglets say that you and me are mean. I know we're not mean. They like to say that they're being a martyr. Oh, big mean, big mean Marty, big mean cause. When we're all no. mean. No. Oh. I know. <laughs> I, know. <so> <laughs> I know. Poor Marty, she gets a bad I mean. rap. Oh, I'm telling you, it's just, you mm-hmm. know, uh, I don't you know, know if that, I can stand it. 
Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> that's because you're doing so. That's because you're doing so much. I mean, it's the ones that are doing so much and making progress. They're the ones that get all that negativeness. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. It's crazy. No, Marty, you've oh, done yeah. a lot. We know that you've done a lot. That well, you're out in the forefront fighting for this. We all appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Is that it? Yeah, but how many oinks do I get? <laughs> That's as many as you nice. can have. Okay, right. thank you. <laughs> yeah. With us tonight also is Angela. She's been on with us before. Angela, how you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. Um, just, good. You know, Going through this, fighting, fighting all of this, and the information you gave tonight is very good. And we yeah. do. We we need to um, have a resolution this year. We, you know, we've got a good start in this. So I I think there's a lot going on, and I think that things are getting right right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hope so. You know, I, I mean, I want to think so. Um, one of the things I've tried to tell people about this bogus legislation coming out other than the fact that it's a, it's a freaking insult to the families that have suffered in this system. The people who have died under this system, been robbed blind. Mm-hmm. All of this is, is a distraction. It's to make you think something's being done when nothing is being done. If these senators, mm-hmm. representatives, and whomever were intending to actually do something about mm-hmm. this racketeering system, they would abolish it. They would get rid of it. Uh, we have supported decision making, which they're trying to overtake that now. Um, it just, you know, the bar association says hey, they think it's a wonderful idea, and you know, they leave the person in their home with their friends and family, and each of them have an assigned task and everything. And this should work out wonderfully, as long as you have a good guardian overseeing everything. Uh, here we are. Uh, but they're trying to suck this up and make it like it's their idea. It isn't. It's the last thing they want to see happen because supported decision-making is without guardian. Um, the people in your group who look after you or help you or whatever, um, they can take care of business. They don't need to report to some predatory guardian. But mm-hmm. this is just to keep their fingers in the pot. And, um, yeah. you know, you know there's, they're not going to cap fees. They're not going to stop them. And I tell you, if we don't do anything else this year, girls, this thing of making the targeted victim pay for the attack has got to stop. This has got to be the sickest, twisted. Why would you? It's it's like, what if you, like with felons, somebody commits murder? And what if when you captured them, you made them pay? for the attorney and the court and everything that they did to him. And then you made him pay for being in prison. We don't do that. We don't do that. Exactly. Exactly. It's just how, how can they even live with themselves when they're, they're making, they're abusing the people and then they have to pay for that abuse. It's like, it's insane. And they don't pay just a little, they pay, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars for being abused. How wow. How crooked, how sad, how 
cruel is that? It is. It is. It needs to be charged incessantly. I was talking to a, a lady earlier today, and I mentioned years ago when I first got in this, Angela, I went into the probate court as a just as a visitor, and there was a 90-some-year-old man who had a very multi-million dollar estate. He had everything all planned out. had had it planned out for decades. Had all this, you know, the POA and the trust and the will and, you know, the, the whole nine yards. And the judge, and he also had a, an executor of the will, asked the executor and an attorney standing there, I want, told each of them, I want you to write me a letter and tell me why you should be the executor and the administrator of this estate. And the lady who was standing there, you know, not the attorney, she said, wait a minute, I'm named as the executor in these documents, as the administrator. He says, well, you need to explain to me why you should be. <laughs> it didn't turn out the way the judge planned, but lined up down the wall were 16 attorneys waiting to file a motion into that case. They had any valid interest in it. But every one of them got to tap that estate for filing that motion. Plus, that hearing examiner made a percentage of the estate every motion he heard. You see what a racket this is? This is yeah. They're all making money, and it is the victim who's paying the price. Now, if these people do get in trouble, it's the taxpayers who foot the bill. It isn't them. They don't. We foot the bill. Any fines, penalties, or anything, we pay that. And mm-hmm. this is, you know, I, I don't know. It just, all of it makes me sick. But now we've got people, many cases that we're working with, people are being threatened with put in jail. And other people are being extorted for money. And it's all under court supervision, of course. And that this goes on. And nobody in government does anything except, oh, that's so sad. Or the, the standbys, I never heard of such a thing. It must be an isolated incident. Well, you can't claim that anymore. Well, well, I'm going to look into this and I'll get back to you. Don't sit by the phone. You're not going to get that call. And this this goes on every day that the idea that we let politicians, the people that are supposed to be looking out for the public, go along with this system. And every time we have tried to put out a good bill, Cited criminal acts, penalties, so on. Good bill. The donations to senators and representatives go through the roof from the bar associations, from the guardianship associations, from nursing home associations. And all of a sudden the bill either gets dropped or it gets watered down so bad it isn't worth the paper it's written on. So it it is a case of money talks. And uh, all of us out here, no man's land don't have much money these days, so we don't have much voice in government either. Not that we ever actually did, but it just, we've got this whole system in place that is doing nothing, like I say, but buying, selling, and trading us. We are the America's number one commodity. And I'm seeing that it's the same way in other countries, Australia, you know, we've worked so much with them and so much going on over there right now. And the system over there is even worse, if you can imagine. In Japan, I hear from the people over there, 
even know what happens that if there's an elderly person in their neighborhood that they just suddenly disappear and then their house and all their belongings get sold off and they never hear from them again. They don't know what happened to them. And it's just, I I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I want to run away, but nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how they yeah. want us to feel. They want, they, yeah. they try, you know, to do everything in their power. I mean, you know, I literally hear of cases where the judge will say, well, the judge doesn't like you. The attorneys will say, the judge doesn't like you. Like an intimidation. You know, they try mm-hmm. to intimidate you. Like, you know, this person doesn't like you in the court or that person or they're not for you or, you know, and it's, it's just, it's abuse and it's not, um, it's, it's intimidation. Yeah. Well, and they've all, you know, if, that's what many people have said, that when they go into these tribunals, and in fact, many courts of supposedly law, that it becomes very apparent immediately that the fix is already in. You're just there for mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the idea that this is so obvious, you know, I have to bring the, I don't know why this crossed my mind. But years ago, down in Texas, there was this god-awful guardian down there. And she was a monster, and I wish I could remember her name. But they were in the court one day, and the judge ordered them to go in a room and hash things out. And it was her and the son of this woman she had in guardianship, and, of course, she wouldn't let him see, and she's draining her accounts. And the son had this attorney dead to rights. I mean, there was no escape, and she was guilty of fraud and theft and all kinds of things. And he had the documentation to prove it, and he was backing this judge up and everything. So that's why he ordered them to go in and talk about this and try to come to some agreement. (laughs) When they get in this little room, he's sitting closest to the door. He said, I didn't close the door all the way. He said, I (coughs) – excuse me. He said, I left it open about four inches. He said, we're on video camera. He said, all of a sudden, in the middle of everything, she starts screaming, oh, stop, stop. Please don't hit me. Don't hit me again. Oh, please don't. He said she's got her eyes all scrunched up and her hands up in front of her face like she's fending off blows. And he said, I thought she lost her mind. So he said, I just got up and slipped out in the hallway and stood out in the hallway. And she's carrying on and doing that. Oh, stop, stop. Oh, please help. He's hurting me. Oh, somebody help me. And security comes running and said, what's going on? He said, I don't know. He said, she's in there by herself. And they opened the door here. She's going through this routine and nobody's in there but her. And, but she was going to try to accuse him of attacking her. And, uh, but this is the kind of stuff these people will pull. They'll swear you did things you didn't do, threaten them in all kinds of ways that never happened. They, of course, will make threats. They fully intend to carry out, uh, like destroying you, taking everything you have, uh, keeping you tied up in court, you know, till eternity. They will do anything and everything to you. And that's okay according to them. But don't you don't you say anything back. And the idea that we have to suffer these people and what scares me, Angela, is that there's too many of these people and they're circulating freely in the general population. That's what scares there's too many of these predators 
that and they are predators by nature. You couldn't do this and not be a predator. But there's too many of them and they're running loose and that scares me it really does. And many of them hide in Is churches, it, you know. Go ahead. It's like we have to have a body camera on us, you know, like the police carry. Yeah. It's like we have to have a body camera on us to to yeah. show what is the truth? Yeah. Yep. And and I, that's not a bad idea either. Um, and we've got, uh, you know, I talked about what's going to, some new shows we're picking up this next year. And they talk about gang stalking and things that are done to people, you know, as they target them and try to destroy their lives. But, you know, the thing is, we have one lady that I was on the phone with her, and she was in another state, and she said, oh, God, there's shining lights in the window again. And I said, what? And she said, these big, bright lights are shining in the window again. And I said, who's doing it? She said, I don't know. I can't see beyond the lights. And then one evening, some guy stood right outside her windows and pointed a gun at her. They were gaslighting her. And... I, you know, thought about all that. I thought, well, this is a little extreme. When I get to talking to these targeted individuals who have these massive cases against the federal government, I'm hearing the same thing. And they've got the evidence. I told my one friend, she said, I think they located me again. She'd gone to a hotel because she was afraid to stay at home. And I said, take the battery out of your phone. That's how they're locating you. I said, take the battery out of your phone. If you have to have a phone, get a burner phone. And uh, But I said, on your usual handset, take the battery out so it isn't signaling. And she started doing that, which worked out much better for her. But it, this system, it's, it's getting down to the point they're becoming more vicious. And they're becoming more brazen in the things that they do because there's no repercussion for what they do. The law doesn't kick in. We can't depend on the police or sheriff's departments. They'll side right in with these agencies and, you know, mow you down. So what do you we know, do? Go ahead. And I was, and I wondered if the reason why they're becoming that way is because they might be scared because there's, from what I can tell, it seems like there are so many people that are done with this. They they want they want justice now, and we're mm-hmm. I think I feel like our advocacy group is growing and growing by leaps and bounds. Yes, um, it, it just is amazing me how many you know are really getting on board, and some people that you know are are coming up with some really good effective ideas and um, mm-hmm. solutions. I I do think that this next year we're going to see, you know, great strides. I do too, and uh, because people are fed up, and I think that movie, you know, I care a lot, was significant in putting it in people's face of how these things actually happen. And when people found out this wasn't some made-up story, that it was actually based on, as I understand it, April Parks out of Nevada. Um that she just got sentenced to 40 years, but uh, that this actually does happen. And it happens 
to everyday people, especially if you've got any sizable estate. Of course, the Britney Spears case, and if it had not been for the massive public pressure, she still would be under that conservatorship. There were too many people making money off of her, including her own father. And so, you know, we have to look at all these things and think about all these things. But what this did, and I appreciate Miss Spears putting her her business out in the street like that, because she generated one of the biggest mass protests against this stuff um, that we could possibly have wished for. And I think things are going to change. I hope they're going to as a result. And now we've got Nichelle Nichols, who is uh, Lieutenant O'Hara on Star Trek. Um, her son and another gentleman have captured her and they're wearing her out. They're holding her hostage. And, um, So, you know, we have another case of where somebody else is just sitting in the wings waiting to avail themselves of your hard work. But again, like I said, you don't even have to have an estate. It was pointed out to me some time back, a few years back actually, that one person in the community on Social Security, just in the local economy, can generate close to a million dollars a year in services and fees and funding and this and that and something else. That's just one person on Social Security. So imagine if you get somebody with a sizable estate, the kind of money that's rolling in the door that you shouldn't have gotten to begin with. And how these people, these guardians and the attorneys and the probate examiners walk around out in the public. I would be afraid to, number one. I'd be ashamed and embarrassed to, for number two. But these are sociopaths. You could not be what they are, and not be sociopathic. They have no empathy, no sympathy, no integrity, no character. They have nothing. They're parasites. They're predators. That's why I say, Angela, there's too many of them. There's too many of them, and they're running loose. And um, I just, I don't know. And I I think it's odd that it never occurs to them with all their stolen goodies that at some point somebody might take a look at them and decide to guardianize them so they could take all of that stuff away from them. Don't people do any long-term thinking? I mean, come on, you know. And Yeah, and we've heard of cases where that happens. So, you know, wow. it's just, you know, yeah. I, I do. And, you know, and there are some very good attorneys um, that have, try to fight against the system and see and want to fight against the system. And, you know, it, um, and then, you know, they, they try their best and good thing, you know, things don't happen and it's sad because then they get hurt. Yeah. Their own local bar association will turn on them and they will plant Mm -hmm. false stories about them and they will threaten them and, shut their businesses down and they do sanction them many cases disbar them because i was reading again here recently i think it was under westlaw that across the country especially in these large law firms 60 percent of their income comes from doing these cases meaning 60 percent of their income comes from the theft of someone else's assets that's pretty damn sick and uh You know, it just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where this is all going to end up, but 
what all we're going to do to try and get out of this. But in my estimation, immediately shut down these probate tribunals, return these cases to the state civil courts. If you've got evidence of dementia or somebody living in squalor and covered, bring your evidence. You must produce your evidence. This thing of these guardians being able to stand up in these tribunals and levy all kinds of charges with absolutely no evidence and never asked for any, and it's written as though it fell out of the mouth of God, this has to stop. And it should be done with a trial by jury. You have a right to have a trial by jury listening to the evidence to determine if, in fact, you do warrant being put under a guardianship, which is really nothing more than human ownership. It's a new slavery system. And... um it's indentured servants, and they just make money off of you. That's all they do. You might not be working in a cotton field, but you ain't free either. And um, I think then the thing is, that bothers me too. Where, what, what is it they get out of separating these people from their family and friends? Isolation, of course, is psychologically one of the most damaging things you can do, especially to an elderly person. So why would it be the first yeah. thing you did to someone you claim mm-hmm. has dementia or is incapacitated in some way? Why would you mm-hmm. do the one thing that is guaranteed to mess them up mentally? You know, and what kind of it, animal it, does that? Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it is. It's yeah. the worst form of torture to a person. Yes, yes. Um, I put up that article, Biderman's Rules of Coercion. And these rules are used by our, there's eight of them, the first one being isolation. They're used and taught by our military. We used it on the Afghani prisoners, Iraqi prisoners. And the first thing they do is isolate them. And then they start threatening them. Then they withhold food and water. Then they threaten them some more. But anyway, it's a tried and true method of brainwashing someone and breaking them down totally. And this is where you get what we call the Stockholm Syndrome were trauma-based bonding. You identify with your captor because in your mind it's the only way you're going to survive. And so you're in a hostage situation. And like I say that this is allowed to, and these politicians, I'm so sick of these two-faced people, I can't stand it. I just can't hardly stand it. I've never seen such a worthless bunch. I don't care if they're Democrat, Republican, they're green men from Mars, what they are. They are the most worthless, worthless people comes to doing anything that would benefit the public. I just, I don't know. What do you think, Annabelle? I I agree. It, it You know, this is just, it's got to stop. It, it It has to stop somehow. And I, you know, I just think that, you know, with with a lot of this being exposed now, I think it's going to help to get this, you know, stopped at at, at least. I think it's going to make it's going to make a lot of um, a lot of a, a lot of waves um, with what's going on. Um, I yeah. think there's too many people involved that I yeah. think it's going to be hard for them to hide. Well, see, the way I see it, Angela, they're not even trying to hide. They've gotten away with this crap for so long. And like Mm -hmm. I say, these bills coming out, there isn't anything in them they have to be afraid of. 
And you know, something else I noticed is just ran across my mind too. I noticed another case about, you know, a relative bilking an elderly individual out of some money. And it's strange to me that they can find these people and parade them all over the media. But you take one of these professional predators, you just try getting news coverage on it. Unless it just is so big like April Parks or Rebecca Furley, you know, Jared Schaefer. Just try and try and get any media cover. They won't do it. But boy, they can then they come out and say it's usually family members. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. I would say on a percentage basis, maybe 30% of the time it's a family member, community member who does this, a caretaker, something like that. The majority of the time, it's these professional predators who make their living doing this. And, but it's always misrepresented. And this thing about them not collecting stats on this, if they don't, then how did the GAO, and it does it every two years, put out these reports about the state of guardianship in this country if somebody isn't collecting stats? Where are you getting your figures from? If they're not collecting stats, and this would be such a simple thing to do anyway, everything is computerized. Every time you hear a case or a case gets docketed, there's a record of it and how it was disposed of. For God's sake, how hard is it to enter that into a computer system and print up a report? I don't understand. And why would you set up a tribunal system or a court system of any kind and not properly fund it to do audits and Make sure that, you know, things are going the way they should. Who who does that? See, this was all intentional. It was all intentional. Yes. And uh, mm-hmm. you, you don't set up something like this and then not have any funding for, you know, dealing with the outcomes of it to see if it's successful or it isn't. But the other side of this, too, is I think one reason the Fed in particular lets this system run like it does is disposing of a huge number of elderly people every year, which they desperately want rid of. And because of Social Security and other issues, Medicare. And by the way, for the 15th millionth time, no, Medicare is not free. Nobody is getting Medicare for free. Everybody pays a nice hefty premium after paying into that system all your life. Nobody gets it. Then there's the co-pays for the doctor and the co-pays for pharmacy and the co-pays on this and the co-pays on that. And it ends up that Medicare only pays 80% tops, tops of what it will agree to pay for. That doesn't mean it will pay for everything, but what it agrees to pay for, which turns out to be 45 to 60% of the actual bill you might have accrued. And considering the premiums on this, that's a pretty lousy policy, if you ask me. But anyway, we we have all of this stuff to think about and work about. And I do believe it's just like, and I hate to even bring up this COVID thing, but when they killed all those people in that nursing home. And then I see, you know, people bragging about the ventilators. Uh, you know, we got ventilators, right? Two people, 94% of people put on ventilators die. Why are you bragging about that? Why would you do it? Ventilators on an impacted lung will explode it. Wonder what the result of that is. But there's no outward injury, so we say they died of COVID. And there's so much going on that 
it's a dangerous time. We had that doctor, Angela, I don't know if you saw him, he was on CNN, stood up and said nobody should want to live beyond the age of 75. What was the point? Yeah. I thought, well, if you, mm. why, don't you, why don't you go first? You know, go mm-hmm. first, set the example. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think yes, that and gets I heard down a lot to... Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go oh, ahead. And, and I feel so bad for the people in Australia. It's them. It's just... Oh, God. It's just them. They are... Uh, Chris that we work with over there, the heads up the Australian Association to Stop Guardianship Abuse and Administrative Abuse. She, like me and so everybody else I know, refuses this vaccine. She can't even go into her own business. She owns a large accounting firm. She can't even enter her own business. And her employees mm-hmm. can't enter. They can't go anywhere. They've got this, um, uh, what do they call that? But everybody, if you're not vaccinated, you're limited to certain places. You can go and the rest is off limits to you. And But, you know, people don't seem to realize the power's in your pocket, in your pocketbook. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we have 84 million people right now unemployed. And the bulk of them have quit their jobs rather than be forced to take this bioweapon. They brag about how many people are vaccinated in the U.S., but 160 million are not. Those are 160 million mm-hmm. shoppers. And already they're seeing a decline. Yes, they're seeing a decline. Even in online shopping, it's down 20% below where it normally is historically at this time. And it's dropping by the day. And, of course, the big box stores are seeing a significant drop in their business. The power's in our pocketbook. You don't want me going to restaurants? Mm -hmm. Watch how many of them fold. And -hmm. it's not just going to be the little guy. If I can't mm-hmm. go where I want to, I'm not going to Walmart either. So take it or leave it. And uh, yeah, but uh, and the power's in your pocket. Yep. Yes, and remember how that we there used to be. Oh, what was it back in the the 60s, 70s, and you know boycotting things because of this kind of thing. So yeah, I, yes, it is in your pocket. Yes, yes, it 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 it, it really speaks loud. Yeah, well, and this is another reason they want rid of currency, and they want you to go to the digital, all digital. Um, this is this is why, and uh, as long as you're so spending can, dollars, control it. Mm-hmm. What is that in the background? Mm-hmm. Kaz, is that you? Is it me? Let me go in the other. Let me. Is it my bakery? Yes. Let me go in the yes. other. Let me well, walk out front. Yes, okay. I just had to get the quiche in the oven. Oh my gosh, no, it's okay. been a crazy day. But I would like to, yeah. while we're talking about economy, I'd love for everyone to shop local and order cookies from me on my website. They're still tied. Ah, yes, yes. Oh, and Marty, uh, tell about your cinnamon roll. Oh my God. Uh, she sent me two of them monster cinnamon rolls that her bakery does, and I mean they are monstrous. When you get done baking them, about the size of a dinner plate. And there was just <laughs> about hand-to-hand combat here over who was going to get the last one. Um, it just, oh my God, they were delicious and just so big you can't believe it. <laughs> and I made a pig out of myself. I ate two pieces, and uh, 
they're they're big enough. You actually have to cut them like a pie. Um, yeah, they're just huge. They are just huge and so and so delicious. And, oh my goodness, they melt yes, in your they mouth. Are. And for, yes. and the Christmas cookies. Oh, they are gorgeous. They are just beautiful, uh, and they're so wow. good. Wow. Thank you. So, yeah. So, where can they order from? Cause give them. Tell them where they can order from. Well, if you live in Madison, Wisconsin, you can come on over to Monona Drive here on the east side of town. Otherwise, go to www.rosiescoffeebarandbakery.com, and I'll spell it out quick. R-O-S-I-E-S-C-O-F-F-E-E-B-A-R-A-N-D-B-A-K-E-R-Y.com. And part of the reason why I did Rosie's Coffee Bar and Bakery, it was right after all this guardianship stuff. And we're going to be eight years in February that I can't believe we survived that long. But anyway, I was very, our mission statement is to leave the world a little sweeter than we found it. I named it after my mom. And she had left me a little bit of money. Luckily, some guardian didn't take it. And I opened the bakery yeah. some days. I'm like, oh, what was I thinking? But anyway, uh, I had before COVID, we had three special needs employees working here. We tried to, you know, I have a special needs brother, so it's a pay it forward sort of thing. Someone gave him a job. And we really tried. I had to escape. Like, I felt like after everything that I went through that all people were just evil. I would just look at people like, wow, you will kill people for money. Like, you just kill yes. people for money. Like, I'm like, you know what? I have to create a happy little escape for myself. And sometimes I've created a headache for myself. But anyway, <laughs> I, I just think about all the amazing people that I've that I've met because I've been here. I mean, we're still here with COVID. Um you know, I still have another yeah. a little over about a year and a half on my lease yet. So, you know, here we are. And, yes, thank you. Angela has ordered cookies from me. And when we, we used to have before COVID, we would have, like, wasn't it about every month, Angela, we had, like, a Wisconsin NASCAR yeah. meeting? Yeah. And we had a few other people who um, they aren't haven't been on the show or anything yet, but um, people from Wisconsin that just come. And we always had coffee when I was making homemade kombucha and bakery and Seminoles, oh. and we would have our monthly NASCA meeting here. I miss those days. No, you, your monthly NASCA is, is a big pastry fest is what it was. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, it yes. was. And it, it was like we were in heaven. It was so delicious <laughs> and so good. But, you know, another thing is that, you know, even though we're going through all this and, and it's been just, you know, it. I don't think there's a harder thing then to watch your loved one be tortured like that, you know, and oh, then to be yes. separated. But the the one wonderful thing is that, you know, God gave us a gift too with all these beautiful people that you you bond with, and yes. there it's such a strong absolutely. bond. And like yeah. when you go through these kind of things, you're it's like it's like super glue. You're like bonded so much mm-hmm. to these people because they are such a gift because they're they can share that um the pain and they help you through it and they're trustworthy and they're good people you know and yeah. that is such a gift you know we we think about christmas being you know a, um about giving our loved ones gifts and it's like these you know, with Kaz and Marty, you have been such a gift. And Elena, you've been such a gift to me, um, you know, and and I just am so thankful for that. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you You're very welcome. much. It is, is, it is so true. Code, is, it, whoop, whoop, wait a minute. Is Elena's area code 215? 
thought it um, was. It was for is, something with a four. Let me see who this is. Hang on. I think 215 Pennsylvania. Okay, hello. Yes. Yes. Elena? No. No. Apparently not. I think Elena's <laughs> okay, 440. You see a 440? Okay. Elena's is 440. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and I think she's been trying to get on, but I don't know what happened, if there's something that went I wrong. Um, yeah, I haven't seen her up I here on the was... board. That's why I ask about this number. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We'll watch her. Yeah. We're going to watch for you, Elena. Like... <laughs> yeah. Try, try But, you know, I, I, I think, like, especially with, the, you know, it's December and a time, and to really think about all the people that I've met, I – I cannot imagine, like, Marty, I cannot imagine you not being in my life. Had these ot holes not done to me mm-hmm. what they had done, do you know the most incredible people that I have gotten to know? And, and you, Angela, oh, my gosh, I was invited to Angela's mother's funeral. It was such an honor oh. because we became close because of guardianship abuse. And I was, yes. I felt like just such a special part of the family. It was, it was such a beautiful, I mean, such a beautiful tribute to her and just knowing what had been done to her and, you know, and with Harvey and I'm still friends with all the aides that, you know, worked with Bob and Harvey and they just really are, I always call them my Philadelphia family and I just can't imagine life without so many people. Marty, I bother her every day. If I'm not calling her, I'm texting her. <laughs> I'm sending her pictures because Marty's an artist. I'll send her cake pictures. And Marty uh-huh. has just really become like such a BFF just all the time. And Elaine uh-huh. from NASA, oh my goodness, I probably message her I have just all the time and calling her, probably driving her crazy and just just so many beautiful friends, Debbie True. If you're listening, I love talking with you on the phone. And of course, Austin Gibson. I can't not say, uh, name her. We talk on the phone not every week, but we we really stay close. We'll go in like waves where we're talking every day, and then you know we're kind of off doing our thing. But really, she is one of my dearest friends. I can't imagine life without Austin Gibson. And I think of there's a fun picture that we had. Uh, we called ourselves the girls of Rebel Pundit because Michael, Michael Volpe had done these articles, guardianship abuse spreads to Pennsylvania. There was one, two, and three. And we were, um, the Tasha Lee was the first story. We had the Witten story was the second story. And Austin's was the third. And we all met at a, at a restaurant. And this was years ago. And we had, we, you know, and my, the secret person who I still will never say it was who took the picture um, was, you know, someone who's very close to us and who wants to stay in the underground. And maybe it was Mr. Shenanigans, but, um, we just all met and we had that picture and it was really fun because then Elaine, uh, they put it at NASCA and we had like a hundred thousand views or something. And we called ourselves the girls of rebel pundit because it was, you know, the articles in rebel pundit. And I just really think about all the amazing friends and that is so grateful for. And I often think when I get to heaven and I see Bob and Harvey there, I am going to be like, do you realize the crazy adventure you sent me on in life after you two passed away? Oh, my goodness. Well, yes. I, I mean, I think who about would have that thought? Too, and I, 
I think about, oh, I can't wait till they meet all these wonderful people that, mm-hmm. you know, have really stood up and fought and really, you know, because, you know, I, I, and I think they're cheering us on. And that's why I think we're yeah. going to, we're going to, we're going to have victory. I just believe that we are yeah. going to, you know, make a, a, a huge impact and yeah. things are going to happen this year. I just had that feeling. Things are going to happen. One, well, yeah. one of the things that we're all waiting for is that Austin Gibson, her mother has been married, but there is not a headstone on her mother's grave. And there will not be a headstone on that grave until justice has happened. And Austin believes with all her heart justice will happen, and I will be at that memorial service when that headstone oh, is put on be. her grave. We will all yep. be there. It will be so yep. huge. And Austin yep. is just She's like, it's not finished yet, and it will be finished. You know, it will mm-hmm. be finished. Yep. And she's so always so encouraging to me. All you have to do is call her, is like try and call her and have her not answer the phone and then listen to her voicemail message, and you'll like just have this warm and fuzzy feeling just like listening to her voicemail message. She's so amazing. So really, there are, there is so many things to be grateful for in the midst of what these holes have done, that they actually, some things in my life, many things in my life changed for the positive. In fact, my sister and I, we would be a bunch of sheeple had they not done this to us. And I mean, there's so many sheeple out there and I'm so glad I'm not one of them now. Yeah. And so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, you know, because, go ahead. It, you know, it's just it, it's it's such a um, a strength to know that you've got other people there that are behind you and you know that are giving you strength and you know holding you up and and with with us all being together, we can do this. There's strength in all of us being together. Um, mm-hmm. So go ahead, Marty. Yeah. Yeah, it, so, you know, I think we just have to continue on in our oh. fight, and we're not going to stop. Yeah. We're just, yeah. we're not going to I'm sorry, stop. I I had muted me, and I didn't know it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what I was, was, was going to say was, I think, you know, in all of this, and like I say, I can appreciate everything you girls have said, and I think, too, about, you know, like going to D.C., and meeting every that's where I met Elaine Mickman came all the way there to meet me in person. Mm-hmm. And that year mother. I had yeah, I had people from thirteen different states travel there just to meet me in person. Not because they thought, you know, I was some star or something, but because I spoke out. And they could resonate with what I was saying, what I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. That meant the world to me. I was so humbled by that. But I was going one to of when I yes. got to meet you. Oh my gosh, that was so amazing. Uh, yeah. I still remember. I recognize you walked in with Marsha Southwick and I'm like, I was sitting next to Michael Volpe and him and I actually went to the same high school, which was how crazy is that? But I'm 10 years uh, older. So anyway, uh, um, 
I saw you and Marshall. I mean, I recognized you both right away. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm running up. And it's like, it's like we're best friends, even though we had never met in person before. Right. I knew who you both were. I was like, oh my gosh. And then you guys hit it out of the ballpark, the presentation. And then to think, Marty, that you have allowed me to be on the last two presentations. This has been such a crazy adventure for me with you and your 900,000 listeners worldwide and that I get to speak out at the Whistleblower Summit two times now. And I have – and Marcel Reed actually knows who I am. She is so incredibly amazing. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, if you ask Marty – and, oh, my gosh, I need to mail her cookies. Oh, Marty, remind me. Um, If you ask Marcel, do you know who causes Marcel would say, yes, I do. And she even came on the show for my birthday one year. I mean, what a crazy adventure for a little baker. Thank you, Otholes. Thank you. I would like to say I know you listen because you, you like, want to throw people in jail for – listening to our talking to, about you yeah. to talk yeah lean on the show or whatever and whatever you guys tried to do to mr shenanigans um so i'm trying to figure out who that person is i don't know there was a whole story about that but um yeah they're listening so thank you odd yeah. thank you from the bottom of my heart you know what you know what doesn't matter to me odd holes money and power it doesn't matter. Yeah. You can steal it all from me because you yeah. know what I have? I have friends. I have people who care about me. And you know what? You only have fake friends. You have people who yeah. are only like, you know, what is it's that? Rotten. There's no you honor are. among thieves. Yeah. Go. And they'll turn on you and stab yeah. you in the back in a heartbeat. You know what? That's all you got. You. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, you know, they, they, they can't steal our love. They can't steal our love. Nor can they steal our love from the, our loved ones that they're they're hurting. You know, they can no. steal all their money and they can steal our time with them, but they can't steal the love that we had for no. them or the memories. They can't steal our memories. And I kept thinking about that. They can't steal no, they that can't. stuff. And, and you know what else they can't steal? Friends. When 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 they contest the wills, because pretty much we've seen that happens all across the country. They'll contest the wills so you won't get the money. You know what? You can't steal the intention of what I know that Bob and Harvey wanted to do for me. You can't steal that from me, the intention, how much Bob and Harvey yeah. loved me. Mm-hmm. No matter what you did to me in court, and you know what? I actually talked to the pastor from Montgomery County today, and you know what he said? You can't bring that money and power with you when you die. This is all you got. It's just you got it here and now, and it's just like a moment, like a vapor, and you can't take it with you. But you know what I take with me? All my memories, all my love. I take all that with me. Mm-hmm. We don't take our money. And, and the our treasure power. of our gifts of our friends, you know, the, you yeah. know we'll take yeah. that. But, right, the money, yeah. no, they can have it, right? Yeah, the money and power and, and, is fleeting. It's fleeting. Here today, mm-hmm. gone tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, That's and right. you know, mm-hmm. and just the most incredible people that we have met. And so for that, we're grateful. We're grateful for the Otholes. Can you believe we had to say that? <laughs> as, disgusting, as disgusting as they are. Yeah, there you go. You know? There you go. Now, I, say, I don't know if I'm, I'm not grateful for the glory hog, though. The glory hog hasn't done anything for me. Not grateful no. for the glory hog. Wow. An odd hole is higher than a glory hog. Imagine that. That's pretty bad. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. I just but thought I of that. Say this next year, with all of this in mind, this next year, let's focus on resolving this issue. 
ending these yes. probate courts, getting this back into the civil courts of law where they have to follow the rules of evidence. The code of civil procedure doesn't mean you're not going to get a rotten judge and corrupt attorneys, but at least you stand a better chance than you do in probate. Probate is supposed mm-hmm. to become active only upon presentation of a death certificate or in some yeah. cases a birth certificate. And title of ward of the state, you suffer a civil death. You are, for all intents and purposes, dead in the law. And this is how they get away with it. That's how they get except away with it. I tell I want to, yeah. Yeah, isn't that something? Where your vote yeah, gets sold you vote. is what it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah. But they've got a new bill coming out. And uh, I'll be putting something up on it in the next day or two. But it is to make all of your medical records available to the federal government, which they've been what? opting for. Yes. What happened? So that, they what? Is that, a, that sounds like a That's HIPAA horrible. violation. Well, for one oh, thing, HIPAA. HIPAA, let me say this again. HIPAA is yeah. not about protecting your privacy. It is no. about protecting those in the medical industry from being sued for corruption, for misdiagnosis, for mistakes, hospital-acquired infections, that kind of thing, from being held accountable for any form of wrongdoing. That's what HIPAA is about. They oh, called it the best. I, I it's one of the best you, sales. Just, go ahead. I got to tell you how stupid. So we're talking about HIPAA. This is how stupid Judge Ott is, David Jaskowiak, Carl Pryor Mannion, and Diane Zabowski. I hope they're listening right now. Let me tell you how stupid they are. These people are supposed to be working with the elderly, and they said that because I told my family members, my uncle's medical, that I had a HIPAA violation. But they don't even know what a HIPAA violation is. I did not profit or make money by telling. So these idiots who think they are looking over the elderly, including the moronic judge. They, they're they like sitting up, they don't even know what a HIPAA violation is. And I have the court records to prove that all this went down. And all these stupid attorneys up there in Othole Town, they're so incredibly, like they're talking about, and they're like, oh, HIPAA violation, HIPAA violation. Like, no, like get your head out of your, mm, and do some research before you run your mouth because now I have the documents that I can prove that you're this stupid, including the judge Ott who doesn't even, oh, the HIPAA violation. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And, oh, and I got demonized on a stand because they tried to tell me that I did a HIPAA violation because I told my family about um, how my uncle's medical was doing. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this uh, is – Oh, my that, gosh, that's how thing. they are doing it. Under HIPAA, everybody, every medical provider, other agencies in the state and federal governments can access those files and get information from them, but your family can't. Go figure that one out. Patient mm-hmm. privacy. And in the case of guardianships, the identity of that targeted victim has been handed over to that guardian. And as a, one said to a, a family member here recently who said, wait a minute, that's my mother you're doing this to. And the guardian turned and looked and said, I'm your mother now. And yeah. But they assume the identity. And they do it in contract business. They do it in, in all sorts of civil discord. They present themselves as that person. And it may be a proxy presentation, but the victim themselves can no longer use their own name. They can't contract any business. They have no legal capacity or no legal agency. They don't exist. So that 
that identity is given to that guardian. So when you say a HIPAA violation, you know, patient privacy, you're now talking about the guardian. That's who, whose privacy they're protecting. But like I say, any agency can get that information, anybody, as long as it isn't you. That is to protect them from lawsuits because they were being sued all over the place. Um, doctors get sued all the time for malpractice. And it's still, even with HIPAA in place, it's still bad because there's a lot of terrible, avoidable mistakes made. And so it's a misunderstanding to think it's about protecting your privacy. It isn't. It's about protecting the medical industry in all of its aspects from being sued and held accountable. That's what it's about. But if this new law passes... They have to, they're already talking about, they'll have to strike down HIPAA. And either they'll have to do that or they will have to admit that it does not apply to anyone except the providers. Um, it isn't about patient privacy. They'll have to do one or the other. But I imagine what they're going to do is strike it down but come out with something far more virulent. Um, you know, the, how you can't get your files. But I remember some years ago reading about this chip they want to put in everybody's hand and it can hold I think 2600 pages of information about you and the director of Homeland Security can add to that chip or take away from it anytime they want to but it but if they get away with doing this it will have all your financial information your basic history whatever they can gather um, it'll have all your medical information who your family is I mean everything about you and um, mm -hmm. So there's something else afoot here, but I tell you, I've become yeah. so concerned and, and wary of our own government that I I don't know. I yeah. they talk a bit, call it a dark winter. I think it's going to be far worse than that, and um, I think we're we're in for it. I do, truly do, but I do think this whole thing with this virus, in conjunction with what already was going on with the elderly mm -hmm. was its main focus. One of its prongs was to reduce the elderly population because they're no yeah. longer taxable in most cases. So you can't extort them for anything. So it just, it, and they're the other considered thing, Marty, And the other yeah. thing that you have said before that um, I thought is very wise is that they, the memories that the elderly have and that they can tell stories. Like right now we have, people who will say, you know, the Germans never killed anybody in World War II. And yeah. so as as people start as people start to die who lived in those times, the no one has firsthand account. And so we right. can start to change history. And just right. um you, you know, just like so many things, even in my own time, like I mean, I can remember when we didn't have cell phones and, you know, and these yeah. young kids can't even fathom like that. And there's even more things that, you know, the elderly remember. I remember my grandmother who was born in 1897 telling me, like, they didn't have bathrooms in their house and just, right. I mean, these, and like, I heard those stories firsthand in my ear. I heard a story well, firsthand in my, yeah. yeah, the elderly that were in the different battles in World War II. And mm -hmm. now as, 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 you know, as I get older, I, I'm going to not be around. And so my, I won't be able to tell the story that I heard this in my ear. And it's yeah. just, yeah, if we can get rid of, if we can get rid well, of them fast, you know. Well, then and that's it. You know, I had that encounter with, 
encounter with Brianna's civics teacher and uh, yes. about don't have these conversations at home, um, you know, mm-hmm. limit what you talk of. Don't tell me what to talk about to my kids. And uh, But that's just it. They They don't want us telling these kids what it was like before they started doing all of this. You know, mm-hmm. what it was like, you know, to get out of high school and you wanted to go to work and the best place to work was the post office. Everybody was trying to get a job. They were the highest paying around. And, you know, that there were jobs everywhere and that people didn't live under this constant surveillance and scrutiny. And it, it just they don't want you telling any of that. And one of the things that bothers me about society today, I remember in the 70s, late 60s, 70s, you know, the college campuses were the epicenter of political protests, and they changed. They they were actually responsible for ending the Vietnam War. Um, but that, what I'm saying, they were very active, very involved, very aware of everything that was going on, and there was protests and mm-hmm. this and that and something else, and they affected a lot of change. But you don't see that yeah. now. You don't see that. The, the antipathy of of these people is it's almost palpable you can almost the complacency the you know i, I just I, I don't understand how you can become that uninvolved i've been involved to one degree or another all my life in something you know but these people have no passion it's, well you know? it's not affecting them so therefore they don't care if it's not affecting yeah. you then care yeah I hear, I hear it if you ever, it's one of my favorite, I tell people, listen to the words of this song. It's that 1980 Christmas song, Feed the World. What was his, oh, mm-hmm. gosh, what was his name? Um, anyway, and, and one of the words is, tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. And he's, they're talking about people starving in Africa. And it's oh, such a powerful, I mean, that was, that's the kind of songs that we listened to in the 80s and that really made impact mm-hmm. on us. Like, think about other people. Tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. And that always has resounded with me, like, that's not the right attitude to have. To, no, no. You know. And, and, no. and, you know, that was a popular, a popular song and a whole movement that happened back in the 80s, you know, the, yes. the Feed the World thing and that Christmas. And he won a, um, oh, gosh, his name is on the tip of my tongue, Marty. What is his name? And he uh, won the Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Uh, uh, uh. uh. I'm trying what to think his, of, it's on the, yeah, it's on the uh, tip of my tongue. Yep. Oh I my gosh! Know. Someone, someone, send it in. Send it a little message to Marty. Tell us who sings that song. <laughs> anyway, it was. It really was like if you really listen to the words. I, I, I love the song, and just to listen to it and to really during the Christmas time when you're thinking and looking at all your blessings and everything that you have, think about other people. And don't mm-hmm. just be like, well, it's not me, so I don't care. I think it's time to care. Yeah. It's just time to well, care. Well, you know, and that's the thing, too. Uh, if you took all of this crap that's going on and the, all the corruption and the deceit and the theft and the uh, everything that's going on and the money and effort that's put into making that go, what if you took that same money and effort and did something good? What what is the draw of doing something that harms other people, that destroys things? I don't understand that thinking. 
uh, if I was going to put that kind of money and effort into something, I want something to bloom. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But just think if they took right. all of that, it's just like government. They took all the money they waste and squander and blow and everything else on actually building the country up and helping people instead of trying mm-hmm. to find a way to beat them down. Um, it, it, imagine the condition we'd be in, but it, we've never had yeah. that. And um, yeah. do you think you know? Do you think people ever it, care about their legacy? Like you used to look if you study like ancient history, you know. The, the Caesars and everything, like everyone cared about their legacy and how they would be remembered after they died. And even mm-hmm. like, you know, founding fathers and, and, and mm-hmm. like, you, if you start to look at historical figures, d- does that not matter to people anymore? So like judge Oz mm-hmm. someday when he's gone and he, and this all comes out like posthumous, he's going to be like basically scumbag number one. Like, do you not, care about your legacy and and how you could be remembered like down the road well the thing mm-hmm. is you know they're not going to know about it anyway so they don't care that's the thing and they'll tell you that they're just living well, for today. But what about their yeah. children and children you know don't they care that they're yeah. that they would make their children proud of who they were and to carry that on with their children yeah. don't they love their yeah. children or their grandchildren enough was it garth greenwood was that it was that the singer no um it wasn't Garth uh, Greenwood. <laughs> Feed the world. I, um, I keep wanting to say oh. Lionel Richie. Um, Maybe. I can't. I can't I remember. I might look I it up quick. Think. You know what? Yeah. When I think about legacy, like, here's the story. Um, Jeffrey Dahmer, because, you know, we're from Wisconsin, so we all know about yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer. So he had a yeah. brother. And his brother actually leaked. Yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer has a brother. In fact, I was at jury duty, and I sat next to a woman. This was a couple years ago, and she knew him, and she was a pastor's wife, and he is – the brother lives down near the Chicago area. Anyway, she said the guy actually looks like Jeffrey Dahmer. He legally changed his last name, and he purposely – never got married and never had children because he didn't want any kind of DNA of of his family to go yeah. on. And I believe, didn't Hitler have a brother also that did the same thing? Yes. I could never have children. So, I mean, there's that legacy thing. Like, if you find out that this was your family, I mean, some people are so horrendous that they don't even want to ever have children to by any any like chance to like let your DNA live on, you know, yeah. do people not care about this? I, a lot of people don't, they, they do have the attitude that I'm not going to be here anyway. You know, what do I care? And yet if you've ever noticed these people, they really uh, don't have any attachments to their children or their family. You know what I'm saying? They, they just don't have the attachments you or I would have. And, uh, it's cause they're predators. And um, it just, I don't know. Um, but like I say, I want this next year for us to focus hard. And anybody, if you've got any ideas of how to do this, what should be done, what do you think should be done first, second, third, whatever, send them to us, tsrad1 at outlook.com. That's tsrad1 at outlook.com. And um, uh Let's try to get a working plan together of what we can possibly yeah. do. Now, uh, there's people who think that all of this needs to be handled on a federal level. 
but they have so many laws and uh, statutes and regulations about anything that's in rem in the state, meaning in motion in the state, the Supreme Court uses it, is the property, property get you, and control of the state, so they won't enter into it. And this is pretty much the same uh, stance the Fed is taking. So we need to find a way to break into that. Um, Yeah. And, but in the meantime, it's going to have to happen in your state where you have mm-hmm. politicians you can actually access um, if they haven't got so high in mind they, they can't be bothered with the public anymore some of them have and um, and uh, I would like to invite see, people um, like in the different states if you want to be part of NASCA they need liaisons in all 50 states and I think Cindy actually might do Alaska, and that would be huge because oh, wow. there's that huge thing that huge thing going on yeah. in Alaska right now. But anyway, yeah. reach out to NASCA, and like what we were doing in Wisconsin, we were having monthly meetings and we were picking out. But you know, start to you know start to get involved in your state. Reach out to NASCA and tell them that you want to be a liaison for your state because it's hard. For, like I'm also the liaison in Pennsylvania and Maryland, it's really hard for me to be as effective in those states as I feel that I can be in Wisconsin because I don't live in those states. So anyone who wants to step up in those states and in all the other states, like reach out to NASCA because if we could start getting like local chapters in every state, I really feel we could be pretty powerful. And it's Bob Geldof who wrote the song. Oh, oh Okay. 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 Yep. I just We've got about four minutes left here. Uh, I want to thank you, Angela, for coming on. Cause as always, (laughs) I don't know where you flew in from, but I'm glad you're here. Um, (laughs) Marcel Reed, uh, thank you for promoting us and giving us a panel at the summit. And we'll be back this next year also uh, with a larger expanded program. And, uh, uh, there's just so many people that have come to our assistance in the last couple of years, and hopefully we can pull this together. Like I say, any ideas on how we can crush this system, get it stopped? And I, I just, this needs to go back into civil courts under the law and hold these people that do this accountable. And I don't mean a slap on the wrist and don't do it anymore. I mean, go to jail, don't get out free, and restitution to all the people you cheated and stole from. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just, talk about organized crime. My God, if this isn't the epitome of organized crime. And uh, we shot Al Capone over this. But anyway, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Um, Girls, thanks for the discussion tonight. It just thank you. you know, we, yeah, yes. thank you. We'll get this, get this. And, and everyone up. tune tune in next week because what? That's the seventeenth. The fifteenth yeah. is when we know people are going to court and might be going to jail in multiple states that we know about yes. some of these situations. So we hopefully will have a really good update, and hopefully no one's going to jail because yeah. Oh, that's and we need to check on this. December 15th, it, yeah. it has something to do with that quota system. It, it does. I'm telling you, yep. it does. 
And mm-hmm. um, so we're going to be digging into that. And because uh, yep. they have to turn their plan in for the next year, but they have to meet their quota or they reduce their funding. And um, yeah. and then quota has to increase by 20, almost 25 percent each year. So we'll figure that one out. But anyway, everybody, um, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Uh, Tanya will be back Sunday night. I'll be on with John Monday night and Peggy on Wednesday. Then Lawrence Lucas on Thursday to wind up for the USDA shows. And me and Kaz on Friday will close out the year. And we'll have the Merry Christmas Hog Report. So I'm looking forward to that. (laughs) Anyway, everybody, have a good evening. Thank you for tuning in. And we'll talk at you later. Good night. Good night. Good night.